We live in a fast-paced and hectic world where it's easy to feel overwhelmed, stressed, and out of control. How do you manage all the competing pressures without losing sense of yourself? How do you stay focused enough to not only plot a path, but follow it? Welcome to Master Your Life, a show that offers inspiration, insight, and intelligence, as well as success stories from many walks of life that can show you how you can control your own destiny. Our knowledgeable and entertaining host and her guests give practical advice that you can use every day in the quest to master your life. Now, here's your host, Leah Mattinson. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's show. I'm so happy that each and every one of you was able to join us from wherever it is that you are living on this beautiful planet in the cosmos that we currently are living in. Uh, I'm host Leah Mattinson, and I'm so excited to introduce today's guest because I finally got his name right, Dixon Troyer. <laughs> Inside joke. You'll all have to listen to that one later. We'll share about that funniness as we go along. But Dixon was inter- uh, introduced to me through another mutual friend, and it's this evidence of synchronicity in the world that really when we're looking for delight and surprise that's what shows up and so here entered Dixon into my life through another friend Dave Um, and I said to Dave do you know anybody 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 that could actually talk um, as a guest on my channel roadmap to the realms where we talk about things that are far out (laughs) and Dave's like Actually, I do know somebody which, you know, could have bowled me over with a feather, but yes, he did. And so he introduced me to Dixon. Now, Dixon is a wonderful, wonderful man. He is a uh, producer, TV producer, an entrepreneur, a father, a um, author of Moon People, which is what we're going to focus in on today, but we're really going to explore. There it is. Moon People. Beautiful. We're going to explore really um, Dave's Uh, uh, sorry, Dixon's journey through this whole uh, life that he has been on the planet because he's done a lot of interesting things. So welcome to the show today, Dixon. Hi, everyone. Uh, It's an honor to be here, Leah. And uh, I love what you do. I think what you do is that you get to help people open up their minds and have fun with it. And it shows with you that you love doing this. So I think you're doing a service to the world. So thank you. Right. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah, I, I have such a blast. I love I love doing this podcast. I meet the most excellent people. It's just uh, been an, uh, an absolute gift for this, you know, five years now I've been doing this show. Oh, wow. so, yeah, so Roadmap to the Realms really came about as a result of doing financial wellness and then doing physical well-being, but really having a lot of people that were coming through talking about these really important issues where fiction and reality are almost like merging and melding and again to your um, work uh, not only in tv but in now this beautiful book that you're putting forward so dixon tell the audience a little bit about yourself well one thing i think you forgot is that i also own a gym and our gym is about helping people um, reach their goals and just feel better about themselves and uh, i was in tv and film and i did uh, a lot of directing producing writing and i got to work with a lot of great people got to work with couple assholes too. Unfortunately, that kind of goes with the territory, but they also taught me how to be a better person of what not to be like. Um, but the, uh, I moved over to the gym and I get to help people daily and I get to be social and I try to make it fun. Now the writing part came, um, I was told that I'm not an English major and you can't write books. And I go, I have all these ideas. And I believed it 
and and this is what I want to also share with you. I believed that for 20 stupid years. Uh. And um, finally, someone told me it was an editor, friend of mine. He goes like, Dixon, I wish I had what you have. I will fix your books. You write, I will fix them. I can't do what your mind does. And I'm the kind of guy that drives home from work and I have a whole new story in my head. I'm in La La Land. I don't remember the drive. So with me starting to write, it, it, it has changed me, period, because it makes me happy that I get to put this down on paper and I get to have these ideas. And as Leah said, far out ideas, I just like challenging your mind. And everything I have in Moon People here is really connected to something. It's connected to uh, an unexplained mystery, a conspiracy theory, um, something that I want to open up your mind, the Bible stuff in there too. Everyone's going like, oh, the Bible's the truth. Like, yeah, it might've been changed 150 times, maybe right. for uh, political purposes to control the people. Doesn't mean it's not a great book. Doesn't mean there's not great stuff in it, but I, I believe in a, in, in a God that he wants us to get our own truth, not that we are told this is what it is for a thousand years. So that's one of the reasons why I came up with Moon People, and I kind of have a funny outlook on life. So hopefully in this book that I get to, you guys get to have fun, but it opens up your mind. Yeah, it's, it's such an inviting proposition because you really have come at it um, from an innocent sort of perspective of what if we just thought about all this stuff in a really non-threatening way? What can be the harm in actually, you know, just knowing more or uh, I think what really great books do too is they make you uh, like spark the things within you that have resonance. And so that's why I want to again encourage everybody go pick up your book. Um, and we'll just say that right out of the shoot because a lot of times, again, it's like people will get to the end of the interview and they, they've lost the 46 minutes. They've forgotten what was that book again? What was it again? So let's just start out by saying you can get Moon People where. Um, go to the website. I'm going to talk slow, but it's moonpeoplebook.com. And uh, there'll be a little video of, of me on it, but uh, you can click on it. But here's the other really cool thing about it. My email address is on that too. So as I mentioned, there's this is connected to all kinds of things. You can contact me. I would love to answer any of your questions. So it's moonpeoplebook.com dot com is is the website so you can buy the book there um but you can also get in contact with me to ask questions now now in, in this book i have everything is connected every number has a meaning behind it uh the moon's a spaceship that's moon people uh, adam and eve were growing as slaves uh Nebiru, i call the planet heaven these people came over to mine gold to save their planet they needed a workforce so they did grow slaves but not just adam and eve one but they grew them. This is all in Sumerian scripture. Sumerian scripture is a race that was here 3,000 years ago. Mm -hmm. And they talk about their gods and their deities, how they came down from the sky and had all these magical powers. Well, if I came at that time with a Bic lighter and a flashlight, that would be a miracle. Light came out of my hand. Fire came out of his Prometheus. hand. Prometheus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we would be gods. And um, yes. Can I kind of share with how this kind of came about way back when, about 20 years ago? Yes, absolutely. Um, I want people to know the history of where this book came from because it is, it's, it's brilliant. It's a brilliant approach. 
Actually, it's more than 20. I went to college at a religious university, BYU, and we studied religion. And there's all these people that really know the religion because they go on missions. And let me tell you, they know their scripture and they know their Bibles. Well, I didn't go on a mission. So I was at this party and they were all talking theology. And I kind of wasn't the cool one because I didn't go on a mission. And I'm not saying that in a bad way because right. they knew their stuff. But I had enough religion because I did go to college and I did study it in college for four years. So they were talking about, I know this is the truth. And I go, how do you know? Did you live it? Someone told you. I go, how do you know it's the truth? And they go, oh, my God. I go, they go, what is yours? And I go, here, I, I don't know. I I'm just assuming like you guys, but but what if these aliens came from this planet called heaven and they came to earth and they had, just like I mentioned, a Bic lighter and a uh, flashlight and they came out of the sky. If you replace the word light in the Bible with spaceship, it makes more sense. A light came out of the sky. Well, it could be a spaceship. Out walked these angels. Well, I have a shape. And they said smooth face. Guess what? If I shave, my face is smooth. Um you know, I have uh, this angelic outfit. Well, what if that's a spacesuit? I go, what if we, we came in and the whole room gets quiet and one guy, he looks at me and he says, oh, you are so going to go to hell. And this other guy, he goes like, that's the problem. One, another guy, he goes, that's the problem. You guys need to open up your mind. I want to hear more what Dixon has to say. And I go, oh, well, I, I, I just made that up just now. Right. And, and yes. so that's kind of the seed of this book. Yeah. Yeah. And it is a wonderful how thoughts and imagination come to us from the ether. And then these ideas sink. You had a lot of courage to actually even have that conversation when people were trying to shut down, shut you down. And I, I grew up Catholic, so I can, you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and so, yes, um, that said that there, there was a lot of very good teachings as well as a lot of things that are, you know, a person ought to ask questions about. So again, to my interest in what you are writing about and why I bring guests on that talk about these things from different perspectives, because more and more information is certainly coming out now that ETs are, you know, the real thing. Uh, Paul Hellier from Canada here was um, the old, the, the old, um, oh, what was his title in the day? He was the maybe the in head of uh, defense for Canada, and he in 1968 did a dedication of a platform for a UFO in St. Paul, Alberta. You know, so a UFO platform in 1968. <laughs> so people, you know, these and they're not um, sci-fi guys. These are people who are working in the Canadian government. The Israeli government as well has come out and said, yes, there is things. And now, you know, the U.S. is actually coming out and saying, yeah, what you're seeing is not UFOs. I think they even have a different name for it now. Uh, maybe you could speak more to that. But your book it has been in the works you've been writing it for how many years now? Before? Well, that's, that stemmed over 30 years ago. Uh, I yeah. was, I started writing it uh, about four years ago and it was my right. first book. So after it took me about three months to get the whole book. And then yeah. it took me about uh, four years to learn how to write a book. <laughs> so how to do it properly, how to have dialogue and how to show, don't tell. And you know, all the things of a, of a, of a book. So um, on the, now I'm going to point out on your thing that you were talking about happened in 1968. Yes. We were going to the moon then, by the way, FYI. And we stopped right after that. 
And so why did we stop? Why did we stop? Exactly. Why did we stop? Is it because the moon's a spaceship? Is there something going on there? But that's the unknown question. Again, that's the million dollar question. Why did we stop going to the moon? They say, oh, it's so expensive. I go, you know, there's so much stuff on the moon that we can learn from and get. And no, it's not that expensive because we keep sending things out in space, but we do not go to the moon. And why is that? And that is, again, the million dollar question. And maybe it's because it's a spaceship and they have uh, control over us who's ever in that spaceship. Right. So it's a little bit of fun, fun fantasy, or is it f- fiction meets reality? <laughs> well, it depends on who you're talking to. It does. I went to all these conferences and I went to conferences where there's satellites on the moon. There's a pyramid on the moon. There are people on the moon. There are ships parked on the dark side of the moon, the side that we never see. Yes. And to me, it was just awesome fodder, just great fodder. And, um, I used it. <laughs> right. And we're, and so it's not just fodder fiction. This is, that's fodder fact. So yeah. those uh, are the architecture on the moon is shown uh, unless they're showing, unless they're making that up too, Dixon. That we don't know, you know, is it truth? Is it not? And my whole thing is let's just have fun and open it up. Right. So let's talk about the storyline of moon people. What's the story about? Okay. So it basically is a father and daughter reuniting after 20 years when the father disappeared, when, when uh, she was five years old, she had no idea. And she uh, grew up in the foster system. Now, Lordaya, which is, uh, it's called the journals of Lordaya. He is 4,000 years old. He is the first guy that came to earth back in the days to mine gold. And he is still alive. I got that story by going to one of the going to the a moon convention, there's life on the moon, and they 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 talk about this guy came from Nibiru. He came to mine gold with a group of people. His name is Inkai and Eli. They, they have names, and they're still here on Earth. They're still here on Earth. I go well. That makes him four thousand years. So he became my character. Um, uh, with this, and he's telling the story to his daughter that he has not seen in twenty years. And he's telling and he's telling her inside the moon that this is it. Now, she was a troubled child. She was in foster homes. And I'm not going to tell you how they met because that's part of the story. But there's a very random meeting in there and how they connected. And so he tells her the journeys of all of, of history, of Adam and Eve, of Noah's flood, of the moons of spaceship. Now, she was able to believe the moons of spaceship right away because he basically kidnapped her and put her there on it because oh. you know, so she, she was had experience yeah he had to take her because she uh she was in trouble because they reunited by accident and he had people chasing him so or, is he a villain or is he uh is he no. a good guy or a bad guy right his name's lord Aya, which is kind of after the lord he made in adam and eve he made people with his own genes that look just like him which would be in his own image so um he's basically our lord character and his brother is basically the satan character and his brother's name's apollyon which is a greek name for satan by the way too yeah beautiful awesome. everything's connected <laughs> everything is connected and we can attest to this too another guest who uh is regularly on the show is our uh, ancient babylonian astrologer crassi atasio and crassi talks about like so her actual background is in this sumerian uh, mesopotamian babylonian astrology and astronomy which is quite interesting how that all got hijacked love to hear I would love to see her stuff then because this stuff is just fascinating. And it's like, it makes 
it's it's like if you believe that we were caveman or Moses, it makes no sense from their writings and their and and, and the way they spoke and their um, literature and all that stuff. It just doesn't make sense. So if we're made in his image or made in the image of uh, Lordaya, is everybody? Uh, yes, they are the uh, all of us as human beings here on Earth right now. We are the offspring of that. Now he didn't grow just one; he grew a whole bunch of them because he needed a workforce. Um, but we are the offspring, which means that they own us. We are basically their children or their cattle. So uh, there's a reason why Lordaya is still here on Earth because of that. So um, I always laugh if like you get these politicians get up there and they talk and they go this and I was going like, oh man, what if an alien ship just came and took a million of us because they own us like cattle, you know? It's like, how are they going to talk tough anymore, <laughs> you know? So um, I, I always have fun with that. It's like, they own us. And is there, is, that, is there truth to that? Because okay. there are in the Sumerian scriptures saying that they do own us. Mm -hmm. And if they do own us, then what are they doing with us? Well, right now, either someone's protecting us or they're taking us and we don't know it, or they're growing us like cattle, or else they just gave up on us. <laughs> One of the, all the above. <laughs> all of the above. So Where say that you? again. They, they're taking us, they're protecting us, they're, what was the third one? Uh, they just gave up on us. They just gave up on us. <laughs> <laughs> or we're cattle, or we're yeah. cattle, which means that we're a food source. So these are very interesting concepts. Uh, to actually, you know, think about. And I, we've had other guests on the show, uh, Sasha Stone, who's like a, um, a um, human rights activist who we've talked very candidly and openly about, you know, what are the Sabbatean agendas? Uh, do you think that this is satanic or Luciferian? So was is this Lord Daya's brother that's up to this stuff or... Uh, he's there with them. I mean, I really make it a very human. They're not human. They're from the planet heaven um, mm -hmm. that came here. And like I said, they grew us. And they, and they say it's this beautiful place. Heaven is this fabulous place. Because they're, they're just a couple thousand years older than us. So their technology is better than us. But the uh, brother definitely has Satan characters. But he's very human. Basically, he doesn't want to be there. He doesn't care. But he is uh, royalty. And he expects to be treated that way but no one else. So um, definitely a um, devil and the Lord conflict going on there in a very humanistic way. It's not like they shoot lightning bolts at each other with their fingertips. They're, they're like you and I, mm. just a lot more technology and um, a couple thousand years just to embellish the story. <laughs> right. So can you share some of the technology? What kind of technology would be? Well, on this... Um, on their planet heaven, they needed their their atmosphere was 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 almost gone. I mean, they were in a very danger mode. Uh, to build a spaceship to come here to mine it and bring the gold back, they needed to do something quick. So they took one of their seven moons, and since it had hollow spots in it, it was already was able to float out in space like a ship. They created, they made that a ship. So they put thrusters in it and they drove that moon here to Earth. We didn't have a moon on Earth. And why do we need a moon? Uh, we don't need a moon. It's a spaceship. They took it here. That's their spaceship. They needed a moon to get here, and they needed a uh, well, a spaceship, which is the moon, to get back. So that's the first technology that got here. The second one was the pyramids. They created the pyramids to create power, point it to certain uh, stars, 
systems, but uh, coming together with the apex and and putting in a generator that that honed power out of the atmosphere coming from the stars. That's a second thing of technology. Um, there's they have. Um, um, you know, things that they can carry the big rocks. You know, we talk about how to make the pyramid, anti-gravity lifts and stuff like that. Um, ooh, there's there's uh, so much technology in there. I'm just thinking the uh, growing of Adam and Eve, he had to have a bunch of incubators to do this, and he had to have the DNA knowledge to create these beings, but he didn't want to make them like him. Uh, he wanted to make them um, not as smart as him, and more resilient, stronger, and make their lifespan shorter because he knew that he was probably going to leave them there. So that was the humans that he made. So they don't have that life expectancy like like uh, they do. And if you read in the Bible, the people's life expectancy was eight to nine hundred years old. The first people in the Bible, even Adam and Eve's were were that way, and Moses and seven hundred to eight hundred. And I go like, wow, how can that be? Because they don't have the vitamins and the nutrients and the shelter and the protection like we have nowadays, that's pretty amazing. Are they from here? And so again, I just kind of throw that in there too. Yeah. Methuselah. The yeah. Man. Yeah. <laughs> I live, in, live a long time, live a long time. Yeah. So, so do you think these technologies are still being used now? Uh, I kind of have in here, I hint to it that um, Lordaya sells uh, technology to get people to not go to the moon. And that's the microwave, because all of a sudden we mm -hmm. have all this stuff, all of a sudden the microwave was invented, then all of a sudden the internet was invented. So I just kind of put that Lordaya trades gold, you don't go to the moon, and uh, I will give you this tech technology. If we are in touch with any kind of alien race, they're going to want technology. That's just the bottom line. The US government, and any government, Russia, Israeli, they're going to want technology because we like our weapons. You know, we like our power. And um, so, yeah, there's all kind of technology. But I really try to make it as human as I can, too. Like, these are right. really just like you and I, who just so happen to live a thousand years. They're like, well, he'll have superpowers. And I go, why would he have superpowers if he lived a thousand years? Unless he changed his genes. Now, he may be smart. He may be able to speak. Uh, 30 languages he may be able to play the best piano in your life because he is that old but you know what you only have limits still as well too and that's what like i said i made him very much he's not human but i made him a real person even mm -hmm. though he's four thousand years old and so do the does the book talk about genetic oh yeah uh, genetic experimentation Absolutely. When they grow the first uh, group group of atoms, absolutely. And, and, and there is Bigfoot in here too. Bigfoot has a little character in here. And oh. He, oh yeah, yeah. Bigfoot's on the moon, and he is a big stinky teddy bear who loves to hug. But 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 uh, yeah, he's a big teddy bear, is what he is. Nice, but needs a bath. Nice, but needs a bath. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> So I'm curious about that a bit more. Maybe this will be in your next book, but because of this whole uh, MNRA vaccine, the jab, I should say, we'll call it the jab, <laughs> the jab. Sorry, I might have to edit out that one word so we don't get <laughs> banned everywhere. But the uh, yes, the MNRA jab, which is currently happening, is um, said to be genetic editing. Uh, do you have any thoughts on that or fodder for that? It might not be in the book, but it might be in another book. No, um, I I stayed away from that um, just because there's just there's a whole bunch of I don't know, 
And we just went through so much BS and people being scared and people pumping the fear into um, them about, oh, the COVID. I mean, I still got people wearing masks. I still got people that are afraid yes. that run from you, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, I am not an anti-vaxxer, um, no. but I'm still waiting to see what it does. Right. And, and I think people getting the vaccine it seems to have worked unless we were all in a BS uh, world and that the COVID wasn't as bad as it is. These are a whole bunch of items. Now, can I create a story for you, a whole BS story? Absolutely. I can I can come up with all kinds of conspiracy theories and stuff, but I go like, I'm going to let us breathe a little bit on this one. You know, I got so many other ideas um, that I, I, I definitely stayed away from it. You know, awesome. the, the only DNA stuff I did was creating Adam and Eve. Um, and they were in incubators. And by the way, they do not have belly buttons because they were in incubators and growing. So they're like the first batch of people that don't have belly buttons. Right. And that is scientifically very factual. You wouldn't have a belly button. So check that out. Now, there, there's some famous painting that actually has uh, Adam and Eve on it or one of them without the belly button. But I oh, can't. Really? Yes, I'm trying to remember what it is. It'll come to me. I I will put that on my webpage or something. Yeah, look it up because there definitely is one. uh, And the audience can, you know, weigh in. You can email us at, you know, Leah Mattinson. Um, You can come on to masteryourlife.ca and you can email us with the answer if you know the answer to that skill testing question. What is the painting where someone doesn't have a belly button and it's a funny joke? (laughs) I'm trying to remember where it is, but anyway, interesting story. So back to your interesting story, though. Uh, Dixon, what is the, um, what, have you had some feedback on the story? Like, have you had people talk to you about the characters and what they think, how it maybe changed people's minds about how they thought about either their own spirituality or how they look at things in the world? Uh, I've scared a few people, but in a, in a good way. Um, I had a really funny story happen, um, from my gym, one of the parents read it with his son. I think oh. his son, son's name is Moses, by the way. It's, oh, that's funny. Um, it is, it <laughs> but, is. but they read the book together and, you know, they talked about it and it just, it touched me that they were doing that because he would come and ask me questions about the book. Well, I guess they were talking religion. He said like, you know, this is the kid in a group of people and adults and a little theology. He goes like, yeah, well, I heard <laughs> that these people were grown to be slaves to mine gold for another planet. And the whole room looks at him and um, he goes like, yeah, he goes like, you know, the guy that we call God or we pray, or we, we, he's, he's just an average person that grew us at a genetic thing. His dad, he goes like, hey, hey, Moses, that's, um, that's Dixon's book. <laughs> so, so that was great because we got the kid to think, you know? Right. Yes. And, and uh, I, yeah, I, I get a lot of back because they're trying to figure I have an Easter egg in there too. So there's a hidden something all the way through the book. And um, I get people and it is connected to something as well too. Like I said, every number is connected. So people say like, I know what this number means. It's like, mm, yeah, maybe not so much. Um, but uh, I get a lot of, a lot of people, they talk about the pyramids. They go, that is a brilliant enemy. I had people that knew the Sumerian history to that one. Mm-hmm. I've had people say that, um, hey, that was interesting. <laughs> you know, I had that too. And I had some people just, it went like that. Mm-hmm. I try to write it as simple as I could so it could just be a, a, a journey. I had someone that said they were touched by the father-daughter story as well too. So 
it's funny with the book is is like anything and anyone reads it everyone gets something different out of it and there's something beautiful about it but i had people like they talked about my book that i had no i, I realized go like oh yeah i guess you could look at it that way you know so that was a whole nother thing that meant something to them yeah, I love this, the application of the parent-child thing. I think that's awesome because there is a lot more question marks now that kids feel uh, freer to talk about kind of spirituality and, you know, where did all of the concepts or pre, you know, con the constructs of religion come from? And mm -hmm. I think it's been very, you know, smoke and mirrors, uh, you know, there's not really been any straightforward answers um and right now there is a lot of confusion and chaos and not just in young young people but in the 20 year old population you know the baby boomers grew up with a certain understanding of religion etc cetera, etc cetera. then some things happened along the way that you know kind of have uh, decimated some of those institutions with the, you know, the way that they've treated their, the people that are within those institutions and people are waking up and going, Hmm, this story about that, this religion cares about me doesn't actually feel true anymore. And so one of the things I thought about this whole, the moon people book is it gives people an opportunity to actually talk about deeper conversations in an innocent playful way and as a grandmother of four i can say that you know the oldest grandson is ready definitely to to take on this kind of these kind of conversations he probably is more um able to do that than i am because i of course have all my filters that i'm working through where he reads a story and goes hey grandma like <laughs> blah 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 whatever he thinks it's just well, you kind of shoved in your brain too it's like god yeah. jesus santa claus and all that stuff in your head to be right. good now i want to reiterate on that about religion and open up people's mind religion yeah. teaches you to be a sheep and to be very average you have to be good you have to say your prayers and you have to praise and you have to be very average and um, I was lucky that I had a mom that saw that I was a free spirit and she let me be a free spirit. Did I get in a lot more trouble than all than my siblings? Absolutely. But she saw the free spirit. In me. I wasn't mean. I just needed an outlet. But religion teaches you how to be average. And I, and I tell people, I go, that's fine if that's what you want to do. That's not me. I'm not going to go to church. I, I can't. I can't do that. I can't sit there long enough. But it teaches people to be very, very average. And that, you know, that scares me with kids that go to Catholic schools and, uh, and all that stuff, because it's like they have to wear the same outfit. Mm -hmm. They have to. And it makes them just the same. It's like, no, I want them to wear if they want to color their hair pink. I want them to explore that. If they want to wear a shirt that says Sasquatch is my dad. I, I would that wouldn't that be great that they can wear that kind of stuff and right. not be average. So that's my thing about religion. And I want to open it up. It's like open it up. And I feel that the God that I feel and I pray to says, open up and have fun in life. That's why I gave it to you. You know, I gave you life. Have fun with it. Don't hurt anybody. Be a nice person. Don't hurt anybody, but have fun. Right. Which is, I think, an important point, Dixon, because I think a lot of people uh, what they think is if you don't have religion, then you can't be a good person. And so there's this very weird confusion. What? Huh? You, you don't have a religion? Well, you must not be good or you must not know, have any moral construct or moral fiber. <laughs> it's just very, very funny. To, it's like, no, actually. Yeah. I can be very uh, good, very moral. And also I don't need to be the lamb, you know, 
lay myself down and sacrificing myself for everybody and their dog. I can actually, um, you know, Jesus even was righteously angry in the temple, which I remind people who say, keep turning the other cheek, keep turning. It's like, hang on a minute. (laughs) let's like let's be candid about a little bit more about what actually happened in the life of that master because there are masters i think um you know and we can be masters in our life you know we can have the big lighter and the (laughs) 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 so we can choose to be masters uh is that part of the advantage of being made in the image Uh, i'm not quite sure of the uh, question Oh, just that we actually can be um, like Prometheus. We can be godly. We can create big divine things. Uh, and the reason we can do that is because our maker allowed us that. Yeah. Well, we, dumb, we're not so dumbed down. Yeah. No, we're not. We're not that dumbed down. We, we still have the Bic lighter and the, and the flashlight. So we're good. But, um, you know, I just want to point out that that was beautiful. What you said, we don't have to have a church or religion to be a good person. I mean, you can walk by a homeless guy that doesn't have a shirt and give him yours. You can help uh, someone across the street. You can um, take in a uh, dog from a shelter. I mean, there's so many nice things that you can do. You don't have to have religion to do that. To be, right. and I think that's beautiful that you said that. Yeah. Um, the uh, question is like, I think is like you should explore to be your best person, kindness, but but do what you want. If you want to be that person that wants to develop things or to have gadgets and do it, if you want to be a, a nice person, do it. You know, uh, it's up to you. But we have that opportunity now. Unfortunately, uh, human, we're a herd animal. And it's sometimes it's not natural to think it's it's natural to be part of the group and to confide to be part of the group. And there are people that that's what they need. And you know what? That's great. That's great. But there's people like you and me that are outside the box. I am I'm a guy that's outside the box that has to figure out how to get inside the box. And I feel you're the same way, too. I have to work hard to be inside the box. And I have to work hard to be organized and stuff like that. But that uh, everyone's different. So if you want to be led, that's beautiful. That's not me. That's not you. But we know that we have to conform in society and you're doing nice, beautiful things. And, and that's I think that's a great that's that's you. And it looks beautiful on you that you get to help people out and do that. Yeah, and everyone gets the opportunity to play the other side of the fence too. So, in your book, do you explore past lives? Do you? Uh, no, I don't hit the past lives. Uh, I make it just. Them, yeah, I make it as human as we are right now. Right. So, so we don't have past lives, but these guys are alive for four thousand years. I got a uh, four characters that are alive for four thousand years. So, and it it bleeds over into the next book too. So, um, and we do some more gene work in the next book. I make a superhero in the next oh, book. Oh, man, I hope it's a redheaded woman. No, but <laughs> I'm, I'm, I have to. <laughs> it's actually a Hispanic kid who's 25 years old who, uh, he, I, st- I, I watched him. Uh, his, his grandpa used to do right. our, or still does our yards for 25 years, and he would bring his grandson in to help him. And I kind of based it off him. <laughs> oh, darn. 
Yeah, but I, I think- uh, Are I, you I, writing I, a trilogy? Hang on. <laughs> yeah, I am. But yes, I will definitely have to have a redheaded woman for the next one, okay? <laughs> so funny. Yeah, so the uh, I love the, it's like the characters that you've made them so human because sometimes I get a, away from the being human also- when you're somebody that's kind of that uh, outside the box, it's hard to remember what it's like to be in the box. And then you're not compassionate necessarily or that responsive. So this bridging, um, you know, the, the real world and the, the real world, quote unquote, and the cosmos or the real world and the, and the, um, the specter of maybe it's creativity um, when we're in our creative energy and that's kind of outside of us and we're doing the creation versus that kind of 3D reality that we're living in is a challenge. Are you seeing um, more people that are um, gaining skills in that ability to be creative Kind of well, as you yeah, I'm going to say yes, because I'm just in that world. You know, mm -hmm. I was in the TV film world, so it is uh, creative. Um, even in the gym business, I get to be very creative. I get to shoot videos and write them and create them and direct them. And uh, we just did this whole avatar thing, and I helped direct that. So I tend to draw more towards creative people. I'm in a writer's group, you know, that's what I, so the answer is yes in that one, but that's because that's what I'm drawing myself to. Yeah, wonderful. And I think this invitation, let's talk about the invitation that you have for everybody when we started the show about coming and, you know, connecting with you on your website. And I think this is important because the idea of community is one that we're really seeing blossom right now in this time of our, you know, conscious awareness of going, who, where do I belong? Who do I belong with? Am I okay with still continuing to have these sort of blase conversations about stuff that are not actually enriching my life or am I ready to master my life and have more insight, intelligence, and inspiration to live a better life? And then how do I find a group of people that might be open to having conversations that I, that would bring me to that leading edge in my own life and my own um, conscious understanding of me and my being and what I'm supposed to be doing here to bring my, to bring joy to myself and then externalize that joy. Is that what you see your community doing in some sense Dixon yeah absolutely because that's what I like to hang out with um I'm sensitive uh so I feel people's energies and it's not like low it's like I can feel so if, if if I'm around a negative energy it sucks the life out of me but if I'm around a good happy energy it's great I'm really good around animals because animals are just pure and they're you know most of it is just joy I want to joy I want to please you I want to be that you know I've trained horses I have dogs uh all that <laughs> I don't have any chickens <laughs> he would he would wake me up way too early in the morning <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who are only watching the listening to the podcast, you'll have to go on and watch the YouTube video <laughs> to see what just happened. Poor, poor Dixon. Sorry, I showed him my friend Mike Sass's Hearthstone uh, Heroes of Warcraft rooster. So I'm going to put it back up just because it's so funny. So, you know, some birds are not that nice to wake up to. This might be one of those. <laughs> that would be again in a few seconds sorry that's my google she talks um so um on that children as well too everyone goes like you're so great with children i go oh because they're so easy <laughs> they're so pure all they want to do is have fun because that's the energy that i like to be around that fun energy so um 
that's what that's what I go. That's what I like to hang out with, you know. And when I have my free time, I do. Now, bless. I'm blessed with a, a gym that draws that kind of people. We do body weight training. We work out hard and it's a sweaty mess. And we're like, oh my gosh, you know, uh, it draws, I don't know why, but a great group of people. So when I go to work, I get to hang out with all these great people. There's not a bad apple in the pack. We don't have mirrors. There's no ego. There's none of this in the mirror. There's none of that. We're flipping tires. We're doing ropes. We're got kettlebells. We're doing handstand pushups. We're doing all kinds of stuff we're going fast we're pushing each other so so on that answer is that i tend to draw myself towards people that are are fun uh have light energy and want to laugh right right love it i love it i love it i'm a gym i was a gym rat also at one point and did the i did so many burpees that i ended up with needing cortisone shots on my elbow i think i was the burpee queen of canada at one point but i had to hang up the mantle <laughs> and do some qigong i still do kettlebells because i love kettlebells but yeah yes, kettlebells and skipping i do qigong faithfully so i love 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 that energy um yeah. that when you're cranked up. So let's just go though to this energy question and what you said about loving uh, the energy of children, because your story is about a daughter, father, father, daughter relationship. And yet you are not a father. You wrote this book. And then can you share with the audience this very neat experience that you recently had? Um, Non-dad Dixon. <laughs> yeah. Non-dad Dixon. Uh, everyone says you're so great with kids. Mm -hmm. Um, you don't have any. And I said, I guess I didn't find the right woman yet. I said like, and then all of a sudden life just kind of just, boom, I was in my fifties out of nowhere. You know, it's kind of like, here I am going through life, like, boom, I'm in my fifties. So on that note, uh, I did 23 and me. And uh, again, my book is about a father, daughter united. And I just um, find out what my background is. And, and I want to see if I have any genetic things I need to worry about. And my uh, buddy, Dave, who we talked about earlier with who uh, Colin exploded um, on us, he said, you ought to just do it for the fun. He'd, be, he'd been telling me to that for a year. I did it, woke up one morning, checked on it. And they had this whole graph for my history. And it said, Dixon Troyer, daughter, and a picture of a girl in her name. And I go, oh, that's just a graph to tell me how to do this. What through? <laughs> and then everything went through my head. I think you guys can have a feeling of who I am um, right now, is that I was more concerned about her. Everyone's like, could you freak out? I was like, no, because what if she had a horrible life? And I didn't know. So I reached out and I said, hey, I'm sure you got this. Uh, same thing as I did. Just want to say hi. And if you want to reach out, I'm cool. Well, she reached out. And again, I was worried, like, what if she was in foster homes, just like Luna in my book was in foster homes, had a shitty life. And uh, I found out she had a great life. She had great parents. She got adopted. I knew nothing about her. Absolutely right. nothing about her. 23 chromosomes matched. It was a 99.9% .9 match. I am her dad. Mm -hmm. And um, she's wonderful. She, uh, she, she had a good family. She graduated from college twice. Uh, she went into business and, uh, now she's an EMT and a fireman. And I wish I could take responsibility for her upbringing to say I had something to do with that, <laughs> but she's beautiful. Uh, we look alike and, um, it's kind of just, just, just like that. It's been like about five weeks. It kind of gives me a whole nother outlook on life. Right. It really does. And I'm really glad that we're able to talk. I just sent her a copy of the book and I wrote on the inside of it. It's called like, you know, hey, the irony of this is 
it's about a father and a daughter reuniting, you know? Yeah. And, um, and so, so there's that story, but it's, it's really amazing on it just kind of have changed something inside of me too. Yeah. That is just such a great story. It's, it's so incredible how life unfolds, like all these little surprises, you just go, Whoa, that's like, wow, that was a surprise. And a del- and sometimes it's a delight as well. Yeah. So I'm so yeah. excited for um, you and your journey around that, because it is uh, knowing that you're a parent or that you have whatever, there's something that changes. So what have, ch- what's changed for you? What do you think about differently now? Well, we're think- arranging recipes now. How about that? I'm sent her a cookbook with my book. <laughs> Right. You know, oh, yes. um, you know, I, it's just, I don't know. I just, our emails are long and we talk and I, I, and I tell her, I said, Hey, I look forward to your emails, you know? Um, and, um, I, I, I guess I can't explain it, but there's, a, I, I know the first thing I kicked in, it was the protection. It's like, mm-hmm. I hope she had a great life. Yes. Um, and, and, and I'm very, fortunate that she did and that she went to a good family. I mean, it's obvious she had a normal childhood. Uh, obviously she's very successful, has a great husband who mm-hmm. she adores and she talks about, and she says he's goofy, which I think is great. Who's also nice. an EMT and a fireman. So that yeah. means he was a great guy. He was in uh, the military. So, you know, I was going like, wow, um, lucky. It, I don't know. I don't know what to say, but it, it just breeds another fire or a life in me. Yeah, it's pretty fresh too. So thank you for being so vulnerable and sharing that. I think that's encouraging for other people who are contemplating, uh, you know, exploring anything in your life. So you've explored all kinds of things. You've explored being a, you know, TV producer and a director, an entrepreneur, a blogger, a gym owner. Now you're exploring being this, an author, and now exploring being like that role of a father, dad, whatever you want to call it. That mm-hmm. That's a whole nother hat <laughs> to put on and go, wow, what is this? What does this mean? And it changes every day. I can relate to this one. Definitely when uh, I had my first grand, the grandkids came along and that I was just going like, wow, this is a new role. And how do I think about these little beings and what um, level of care and concern and compassion do I need to have for them? And they're all so individual. I think that's the other thing that you discover along the way is that people really are their own individual divine little beings. And so, um, again, I'm just so happy for you guys to get connected. I can't, you can't even say reconnected, right? So just, it's connected, Um, just connected, you know, connected, connected. And it's very nice to have a success story. I think that that we need more of those in the world too, success stories and happy stories. Uh, what can you say about playfulness and how much that has helped you to remain youthful in your approach to life? Uh, you know, I think laughter, um, seeing the silly side of life, mm-hmm. it just keeps you youthful. You know, you don't, you're not around negativity because it's, it's pretty obviously if you eat crappy food, it ages you, it causes cancer. If you eat healthy food, it, uh, it uh, makes you healthier and you live longer and you don't have, your body's not breaking down. Well, I think it's the same thing. If you want to be negative and you want to start thinking of like, well, what if someone's going to like, like trick me and what if they're conniving me and all that you can sit there that's your bad food over here or you can be over here and say like um you know i'm going to be positive i'm not going to have these thoughts i'm going to laugh about things um and and i do stupid things every day and i have to laugh like how can anyone forget their phone nowadays how can anyone well 
Dixon does, okay? He can leave the house without his phone. How can you leave without sunglasses in, in California? You know, I was like, but I do. I, I have to laugh at it. Uh, Dave and I go back and forth and uh, we go like, well, this, you won't believe what I just did. Like, yeah, I can. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I can. So, um, so I, I say if you put goodness in your life over here and you get to laugh and it's lighter other than this heavy drama mm-hmm. that you're going you're gonna to live longer and you're going to live a happier life. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you so much for those words of wisdom. And we're out of time. That went so fast. <laughs> I know it's like, whoa. Uh, I want everyone again to consider picking up Dixon's book. Check out his website. You're going to find everything you know need to know about him and Moon People in the show notes or on MasterYourLife.ca or by you can find him through me or you can find him through him. Whichever way works for you all, because we all know that you are life masters. Thanks again, Dixon, for being so wonderful. Leah, thank you so much. I I enjoyed this tremendously. Great. Everyone, love yourselves, love each other, mind your minds. That's all for us. Bye for now. Bye, everybody. Thank you for being a part of our program today. Master Your Life is a presentation of Leah Mattinson Enterprises, Inc. Join us next time on Master Your Life, helping you to discover the very best of you.